With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Welcome to a gorgeous, victorious, beautiful, wonderful episode of the Anonymous Eagle podcast. My name is Patrick Leary, joined as always by Sam Newberry. Uh, Sam, uh, did you have the same amount of points as Brad Davidson did yesterday? I had the same amount of points oh, as man. Brad Davidson. You must have had a great game. With the same free throw percentage, oh, too. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I, I was told he's a 90% shooter. I'm just very I'm just very confused. Many many are saying many are Many are saying he's a legit college basketball player. He's fine. I, that's, you know. Yeah, uh, so we can get into it. We're gonna. This will be a wide-ranging Wisconsin-centric uh, podcast. Um, when Marquette doesn't have a game for ten for well, they have a ten-day break between games. It's uh they don't have a game till next Tuesday um, as we're recording this uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, so really, like. This will only focus on Wisconsin at this point. Um, we uh, it's kind of a nice lull um, before conference play at this at this stage. Um, there will be that legitimate challenge from Buffalo um, the Friday before Christmas. But given that the schedule is so wide open, we're going to focus on yesterday's game uh, in detail. Um, so I mean, there's a number of places we can start. Um, I guess. Where I would like to start is just the fact that that victory um, is just a huge one in a lot of ways. Um, I think that is probably the best Badger team that Marquette has beaten since I've been a fan. Um, There were, you know, you can make a number of arguments, but Marquette really didn't succeed against the... um, Partially because it corresponded with a down period. Um, Marquette didn't really succeed against the legit Final Four caliber Badgers. Um, And I think that um, there was a lot of talk going into um, yesterday's game about how good Wisconsin was this year. Um, And one thing I will certainly give them, Ethan Happ is certainly a monster. Like I mean, that's what an all-American. Yeah. Oh man. But like that guy, he he. It was easy for him at at times. It wasn't always easy for him. I don't think he. Um, I don't think he. You know, was a dominant force. I mean, I guess you know what? I'll t- I'll take that back. He was a dominant force. Um, he wasn't doing anything. I guess what I what my point was there is he wasn't doing anything super um, complicated. It was a lot of just sort of like righty lefty hook, um, you know, roll to the rim. He wasn't making jumpers or, but I mean, he's doing exactly what he does well, and he did it to near perfection for a majority of the game. I mean, sixteen of twenty one from the floor. Goodness, like absurd. Like, wh- I, how do you? What do you even do with that? But so, what I was most impressed with um, in that regard, though, on Marquette's end. Um, and I watched Steve Wojciechowski's press conference this morning as sort of a um, palate cleanser, um, and Wojo said that they were doubling him in the first half, and that's what... And I didn't really notice that as much when I was watching the game in real time, but he said that they were sort of instinctively doubling him as sort of like, that was the instruction, like, okay, Hap gets it in an interesting position, send a double over. And... Roivers and Ford made a number of threes in that opening half that kind of were the reason why Marquette couldn't poke their noses in front. Um, and so Wojo said in the press conference that they um, they stopped doubling Hap in the second half. And I think I think you saw that that was a better strategy because while Hap was killing them um, with his uh, you know five feet and in game and his you know g- good footwork to set it up. Um, Nobody else was killing them. And I think that that was a really smart... And we have been so down on Steve Wojciechowski, both on Twitter 
and occasionally on this podcast, but I thought that was just a really, really smart strategic move um, that ultimately sort of like Wisconsin was going to do what they were going to do given that defensive strategy. So you just got to, but it made the game there for Marquette's to win because of the adjustment. I mean, I loved that. And it, and for Wojo to say that and to, to know that there is legitimate um, um, strategy and a lot of um, hard work and thinking going into uh, an approach to this game just makes me very, very pleased. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see it. We, we bemoaned um, a lot in the Indiana game the, the lack of a, of a game plan and then the lack of adjustments. Yeah. So um, to see true adjustments happen yeah. um, in real time, and I, I was noticing the double. Um, it was primarily when Hap caught it close to the low block. Okay. Um, maybe pushed a bit further out to that sort of like short elbow jumper area um, where they would usually drop one of Joey or Sam to double him there, but he was making all of the smart outlet passes to mm-hmm. got other guys to get buckets. And so I think the coaching staff identifying that and going, now we just can't do that anymore because the other guys are the ones that are killing us. Mm-hmm. The other guys are the ones that are hitting the threes that they did or um, you know, looking at like Aleem Ford, um, finding some open space, or Nate Ravers finding open space even from two, Demetri Trice finding two-point shots. Like, mm-hmm. A lot of that was because Hap was getting that double right. and our defense um, otherwise was being punished by his really, really good outlet passes. So I just I just scrolled through that just to just to emphasize the point. So Wisconsin was five for twenty-four, but they made four of those in the first half. Yeah. So it very clearly like Wojo made that concentrated decision to say, um, all right. We're, these guys are making their open shots. Let's not let them have these open shots that we're just giving them by the fact that we're trying to stop this one particular player and see. And I just think that was such a smart gambit because it really, I mean, it really won them the game because once they stopped getting offense from anywhere besides Hap, they couldn't, they, they weren't diverse enough to beat Marquette. Mm-hmm. And, Marquette is a team that I think we've we touched on this a little while ago. Um, while Sakar and him, I thought did a really good job against UTEP at this. They don't have a guy that can sort of lock up, especially a guy like Hap. Yeah. Um, they don't have like individual shutdown defenders. But what they've been succeeding at this year is solid team defense, where they have competent defenders on the floor at every level, and they have uh, confidence in their ability to um, stop. Uh, you know, the opposition as a collective. And I think that the adjustment Wojo made to sort of not really let Hap beat them, I'm sure that wasn't like what they were saying, but um, to not let Hap pass out to shooters um, was smart because I think it tapped into what they're better at defensively anyway. Um, Now, obviously, the game wasn't won completely at the offensive end or at the defensive end for Marquette. Um, They're... They had to have um, competent offensive game. Um, Marcus struggled. I mean, it's hard to say that somebody with 27 yeah. points struggled, but you don't go 7 for 29. I mean, he missed 16 two-point shots. <laughs> like, that's really not good. And then, like, yeah, I, I just don't see... He, he, he's been trying to hero ball too much. And, I mean, like, yeah. he has the offensive ability to hero ball somewhat. But man, yeah. he shouldn't be doing it frequently. What, what I'll say about him though is he's a great big game player in that he he showed this against Kansas State, what we talked about a lot last week, where he was sort of like calling out their big man and being like, Alright, I'm fouling you out. Mm-hmm. Like he understands he's a leader and he understands sort of the gravitas of games like that where he knows he needs to rise to the occasion. And I don't think he necessarily... He didn't disappoint yesterday. I mean, 27 points again. If he can if he can keep this big game free throw rate going that he's had lately, like, if he can get to the line 15 to 20 times in a game, like, that's a very, very solid recipe of success for Marquette because that's going to yield, you know, 15-ish points if he keeps getting to the getting to the, the uh, line that much. Um, but I don't know. Uh not his greatest game by any means. Obviously, offensive rating at 83 is not, not good at all, especially, especially for 29 shots. Right. I mean, yeah, he was. Uh, it was. He had a little bit of mellow uh, volume syndrome yesterday. 
Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I thought as sort of a, a game manager, um, that term is negative in football. I think it's a more positive term in basketball. As sort of how he managed the game as the point guard. Um, I thought he took care of business um, and, you know, did his job. And again, and this is, I'm copying this from Wojo's press conference uh, recently too, is how much he's improved defensively. Like, yeah. and I think, again, a lot of it is he's not having to, like, worry about his own guy and Andrew Rousey's defensive lapses. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Marcus has, did a really nice job on Trice. Um, and has really improved as a defender. And I, I guess, you know, even if he's not having a good shooting game, he just grits him over the line, which is, like, in college basketball, um, you know, it's a cliche to say, but that's such a valuable thing. Um, do you want to talk about Brad Davison? Since uh, that's our that's our favorite thing to say. The, the nutcracker himself? Yeah. Um, so... Couldn't we couldn't see it? I mean, you you couldn't see it in real time, could you? From your no. So I was in um I was in uh, my seat and um I remember not. I don't think I was watching the area where that happened. Um and I uh, had a friend get a text next to me and they was like, yeah. So apparently on TV, like Brad Davidson just punched Joey in the balls, and I was like. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Like I saw, I saw it on Twitter, to be fair. Yeah, so uh, it was... Uh, Brad Davison um, is a competent college basketball player and is an asset because of how he can um, have... He can sort of create mental edges for your team um, with his sort of... Um, for... Pardon my French, his shitheadedness. Yes, um, he can really that was get the word. I was yeah, no, it, no, it, it is what it is. He's that's an asset. Like as annoying as that is to to watch, especially on a team that's your arch rival. Um, that he's very effective at that at times, and he was invisible yesterday. Like he did not get under anybody's skin at all. If anything, everyone got under his skin because he. I mean, he didn't. He didn't do anything. No, he he just wasn't good. No, yesterday. I mean, I I don't. I didn't really watch him as a defender, so I can't really judge whether he had a good game on that end. But I mean, he played thirty three minutes and didn't score, and it's n- it's not like he's a, a non scoring kind of player. He is their third leading scorer. Like he is supposed to contribute in that. Um, uh, arena and that really that really hurts wisconsin if davidson is not working. Yeah. yeah and like wow i he missed all his free throws which he didn't you take a, he didn't take a charge he no fact, he didn't take a charge who uh no, there was one there was one in the paint that was called i think I, marcus had a marcus had an elbow called but i think it was it was trice wasn't it there was some there was somebody Marcus got an offensive. There, it, but I, it wasn't Davidson. I, I think Davidson may have done, may have taken a flop going around a screen, like chasing somebody on yeah. offense. I think that happened, and I'm not remembering it clearly. Um, but I know there was one point where we all definitely went like, Brad Davidson flopped there. Oh, yes, there was a Davidson did flop, but it didn't get called. It got called on him. Some there, there, there was, was a, a point in the time yeah, where somebody flopped. There, there was a blocking foul on Davidson for sure. This is what this is what happens when you try to analyze a game that you were slightly inebriated for. Slightly. I, would, I would imagine <laughs> um, the whole place was inebriated, though. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to talk about Davison for too long, because. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, he probably won't get in trouble for that. But it seems like one of those things where maybe I mean, like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like call for him to be suspended or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, you don't punch people in the balls as a general rule. If you're playing a, especially in like overtime of a really big yeah. game. Don't get a flagrant one in overtime of a big game. Yeah. Period. I, I just, it was just a very weird play. Um, and speaking of which, I guess this is a good segue. Um, the person he punched in the balls, Joey Hauser. I thought was phenomenal yesterday. Joey Hauser was incredible yesterday. That was, gosh, it it makes me so happy that he is already so good. Yeah. Like 
he like that was Joey's tenth game in college, and he was so steady and so consistent as a contributor. Like he didn't have a enormously high usage. He only had thirteen percent possession usage yesterday, um, but he just whenever they needed him to, he came up with a big play. Like a um, couple of corner threes um, when they needed when they needed it. Um, and just sinking two free throws after getting hit in the balls by Brad Davison yeah, yep. in overtime Correct. of the rivalry game. Correct. Um, and just, oh my God, he's just so, he's such a perfect, the great thing about him and Sam is that while they're like brothers, they're not, they're like complimentary players. Yeah. Like it's amazing. It's almost like dad like created that in a lab. Like he was just like, okay. Well, I mean, it probably stems from the fact that they did play in high yeah. school together. And so it's like you were never going to have two brothers that were the same player. Right. Because they But it's had, it's they just had, great. Like one is like a perfect like uh 3-4 hybrid and the other one's a perfect 4-5 hybrid. Yeah. They're just like they're just they play so well together and you can play them together which is huge because they're so uh skilled and can score in so many different ways and no joey was great and i'm sure um that game means a lot to him as a wisconsin kid and so it was really um really good to see him sort of rise to the occasion um because him and sam just (sighs) steve wojciechowski owes owes a lot to the house family (laughs) like Oh man, I don't know where Marquette would be without them. Um, I'm trying not to think about it. Yeah, Joey was God. He was great. Um, 146 offensive rating, which is stupid good for someone that took eight shots and made two free throws. Um, I guess uh, I don't know where do you want to go now. Uh, Sam? Well, you did. You were talking about the free throws. Oh, that was but, weird. I I mean, just like looking at the box score in general. Um, Wisconsin was never a great free throw shooting team. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hap has been miserable, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're good. They're, they're normally pretty good, but they shot 10 of 21 for a whopping 47.6 from the free throw line mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, and there's other glaring... I mean, Marquette didn't shoot incredible. They shot 22 of 34. Well, but that's deflated by that weird stretch exactly. in overtime when we, we couldn't make a free throw. We missed six in a row in right. overtime. That was wild, yeah, by that, the way. That was just... like. It didn't ever feel like Wisconsin was going to come back into that game, um, and obviously they didn't. I mean, they like basically didn't score from there on no. out. But like, that was a crazy stretch. It's just like how how I think was uh, who missed the free throws? I know Marcus missed two. Which Marcus was missed wild. two in a row. Chartuni missed two in a row. Oh, okay, yeah. And but we don't uh, really think Sakar of him as a free missed throw. two in a row. That's right. Okay, those are in. I think it was. It was Sakar and Joey miss or Sakar and Joseph missed them first, so it was like okay, these guys aren't really great free throw shooters anyway. Um, but then when Marcus it. missed it, it was like oh my god, are we cursed? Like what's going on here? And then Ed Morrow was the one to save us. That's right. But uh, Ed Morrow, okay. I want to talk. Well, I, I want to do one more. Okay. One more big stat to me. Well, two more big stats to me that I feel like we're talking about, and then I want to talk about Ed Morrow eating Ethan Happ's soul. Yes, um, that was great. But, uh, I have Ed Morrow takes. Yeah. So, uh, free throws, obviously Marquette wasn't amazing either, 22-34. Um, but our offensive rebounding was awesome. It was wow. 28%. I didn't, I didn't even notice that until yeah. now. 14, 14 14-3 offensive yeah. boards I didn't notice. And Marquette That's crazy. owned the offensive boards, got a bunch of second-chance points. Um, None bigger than that Ed Morrow, uh, I am incapable of passing out of the post to let me shoot while quadruple teamed and, yeah. and score. And then, uh, <laughs> that was amazing. Um, so I wanted to point that out. And then um, I want to point out that Wisconsin, I mean, whipped us on an efficient field goal percentage. Sure. Absolutely waxed us. They were 73.3% from two Yeah, as it is. I mean... Them being 5 of 24 from 3 doesn't help them. What I will say, though, is probably a big factor, a big part of that is because they just had Ethan Happ going to the rim all the time. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a... I don't know if... I don't know. Even if Wojo was making the conscious choice to have... um, To let Happ score, or, like, not let Happ score, but um, to not not double him, to to not defend him as effectively as possible um, for the sake of sacrificing other issues... um, I think a lot of that 
efficiencies just because he was going to the rim. And but also Wojo probably would have said, okay, like we'll let him score, but we don't want him to make sixteen two point field goals like at the same yeah. time. But I mean, those are just big things in the stat categories. Um, I guess one more before talking about Ed Morrow. Um, Wisconsin turned it over thirteen times to Marquette's eight. Yeah, That's I, that huge. is huge. That is huge. Unbelievable and massive. Like. Wisconsin is a really, really stingy team when it comes to turning over. They do not turn the ball over at all. Marquette's biggest challenge on the entire season is on both ends has been their turnover, um, their turnover issues. Uh, they they had a both coming into the game. They had both an atrocious turnover rate offensively, and they weren't turning opposing teams over either. And for that, yeah, I mean, unquestionably, for them to win that turnover margin is is wild and huge. Um, I, I guess Wisconsin was doing some things that kind of were uncharacteristic for them in the turnover department, like that pass. Um, I think it was at the end of regulation where um, Trice just threw it over Ethan Happ's head. Yeah, that was, was that was weird. Like that, you don't see Wisconsin do that at no, all. No, but I mean, yeah, just in general, like there there were so many things that Wisconsin did poorly that they usually do very well. Um, and I mean, I'm not going to complain because we beat Wisconsin, and I'm stupid happy about that. But it was a game that like. This was a big win for Marquette to get Wisconsin to play out of their element, make yeah. the mistakes they don't normally make, miss shots they normally hit. Yeah. Like that's not been Marquette's formula for winning recently. No. It's it's never been we're going to take the other team out of their game. It was one of the most competent, like confident, just overall well put together games though. Yeah. Like that's a huge game. That's a good team this time. Like Wisconsin is not always a good team when they play them, especially in uh, like last year's game, which was a basically a, a walkover. Yeah. Um, but uh, the I was just really impressed overall with the composure. Okay, you want to talk about Ed Morrow? Yeah, uh, so I tweeted this morning about it, but I am still daydreaming about how bad Ed Morrow ate Ethan Happ's soul on that That block, block was unbelievable. Was perfection in a play. It was so great. Because he got immediately beat because it was lobbed over his head, and he took just the perfect drop step, one arm out, Sent it into the stands. I lost it. Um, in the st- I lost it in my seat, and I just I couldn't believe yeah. that he did that. And then they got a turnover on the like right after that. Like that play may have been the reason Marquette was able to hold on and go to overtime and then win. Yes. Like. Um. By the way, um, this is amazing. I just pulled this up. We're gonna do some theater of the mind here. Um, the screenshot. If you if you. If you want to refer to this, uh, go to uh, the box score on ESPN.com because the video screenshot of Ed Morrow scoring that quadruple team uh, putback is just Joey, Sam, and Marcus are all standing wide open on the perimeter asking him for the ball. (laughs) It's amazing. They're just like all just like, give me the ball, Ed. And another thing I want to talk about is, I don't know if you've watched it back because I watched it back like five times this morning. Um, the last play of the game where Marcus um, misses the shot and we go to and they go to overtime, um, last play of regulation, excuse me. Um, something happened with Ed Morrow on that play because um, what they ran was sort of like a pick and roll action, but also Joey flared up to the top and was sort of open. And they go into um, they go to the bench after after the play, and it looked like in real time like Marcus was asking for a foul, but I think. What had, what had happened is, when you watch it a couple times, Joey and Marcus are yelling at Ed over something. And so I don't know if Ed... And this... I mean, Ed played a great game. And I'm not meaning to pile on or criticize him here. Um, but I think he might have messed up on that last play. Because Joey, like... Joey is a freshman. Um, but he was, like, yelling at him. He was like, what the heck is going on? He was He was legitimately like, what did you do? And so I don't know if it was if it was because Ed rolled right to the rim and so Wisconsin was able to get two defenders to him or whether he clogged it so that Marcus couldn't see Joey come open or what it was but there was something on the last play that Ed kind of messed up but I think overall you have to say that he was a huge asset um he's really coming along I think um he kind of was I think in the first couple of weeks we were like he kind of looks like a fish out of water and it doesn't make sense because this guy is supposed to come in and be a solid contributor right away, um, but I think he's really developed. Um, Theo needs to uh, corral his fouling. I think it's yeah, fair to say. Evergreen tweet. Yeah, um, yeah. 
But Theo I, is Theo. I mean, he's he's a solid contributor still, and I thought he played pretty well. I mean, it's. I think all all, all the guys that we tried out at center yesterday yeah. did admirable. Oh, so I kind of want to talk about. I, did you see my uh, conversation with Paint Touches on Matt Helt? No. Uh, throughout the week. Okay, so I think it was on Thursday. I was tweeting back and forth with. Uh, I assume it was Andre. Um, and Paint Touches could have been the other guy, Ryan Jackson. Um, but. Um, there was something said about how, and I hadn't really put this together because I kind of just assumed Matt has vanished because Wojo just looked at Theo and Ed and was like, "Oh, I have a you know a freaky athletic strong guy and a guy who looks like an NFL tight end. Yeah. Like I'm probably just going to play them instead of Matt Hell, which is like a totally reasonable conclusion." But um, something got said uh, by the Pain Touches guys that they think Matt would be playing. Uh, Almost all of Matt's significant minutes this year have been, like, emergency minutes. Yeah. When Ed and Theo are in foul trouble, and they just need Matt to get in there to be a body. Um, and I think... I, I, I hadn't really put this together, but paint, the Paint Touchers folks were saying that uh, they think Matt would be having regular contribu- contribu- contributing minutes if he didn't break his foot. Which was an interesting thing that I hadn't really considered because I was just, again, like I said, I was just assuming that he just kind of looked at Theo and Ed and was like, yeah, these guys are probably better than Matt. Um, But that's actually a really interesting point um, that Matt might be contributing more. And I hadn't really made the determination that he looked slower um, or less capable uh, because of the injury, but... That I thought was a really interesting point and kind of delves into why the big men rotation looks like it does. Um, I think it's probably worked out for the better because, again, like I said, the beginning of the season, Theo's potential um, and his ceiling could, you know, catapult Marquette and make them a better team overall. But I thought that was an interesting point that Matt is probably playing less due to injury more than um, just, like, not being that good. Sure. I mean, he did admirably against Ethan Happ when he had to guard him. Um, he did have three rebounds, uh, and did that's have, our milkman. Yeah, three rebounds, two offensive rebounds. Are, Hell yeah, in that though. And then um, each of Theo, John, and and Morrow had three offensive rebounds um, as well. Marquette um, was Marquette um, didn't really stop Ethan Happ well at all, but was more capable in the paint. Yeah, I think just as a as just a general, their rebounding was great. Um, they defended everyone well besides Hap at the rim. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I thought... Um, this is a team that last year would very minimally score in the paint, whether it be big man touches, whether yeah. it be getting uh, drivers there, whatever. But this is a team that is now much better in the paint. Yeah. Um, whether And whether it be big man low post touches turning into jump hooks or uh, shots at the rim or... If it is a guards going to the rim and challenging at the rim, or even say like Joey Hauser flashed a little bit of ability to get by his man when a bigger, slower guy is guarding him. Joey's reverse layup to start overtime was amazing. Yeah, God, like it's nice. Like there's a lot more that can. This team's just a lot more versatile. There's a, there's a lot more this team can do. And while yeah, we are still struggling on offense at times, especially for three from three, which is a little bit confusing. Although. I'll take a very adequate 6 of 18 yesterday. I'm not too worried about yeah. that. Um, I mean, again, and a lot of those are Marcus kind of forcing it, um, yeah. which is fine. Sakar, it would be nice if we could make one of those corner threes eventually. Yeah. But, um, and but yeah. I'm not going to complain too much about a 6 of 18 performance, but like, this is finally a team that can score in a myriad of ways, not mm-hmm. just hoping threes are falling and then getting shots because threes are falling. Like Right. That was sometimes it felt like we were too, um, I don't know, we were we were too handcuffed to the fact that our threes weren't falling last year because the only way we were getting open looks is if our threes were falling. Right. So versus say like the tournament team two years ago where you had Luke Fisher who could get points in the paint and you had uh, Jawan Johnson who could drive to the rim um, effectively and you had all these other guys that. Yeah, you had shooters around them, but you had guys that were proficient at scoring inside or in the lane. Where sure. last year's team lacked that, and now we find, we're finally starting to see... Um, I mean, obviously I'd like to see Sam's 3 of 8 from 2 go a little bit better. But we're seeing him hitting 2-point jump shots 
fairly well. Yeah. Joey's hitting two point jump shots. Sam had a nice, like, understatedly good game yesterday. Yeah. I think he 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 his usage was down again. It was fifteen, and that was the same usage as Theo and Sakar. So it obviously wasn't a huge. Um, he didn't. I mean, it was a it was a Marcus usage game. I mean, yeah. nobody else was. Ed Morrow had twenty one, but that is often Ed because he likes to shoot the ball when he gets it in the post. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Sam had a nice, quietly understated game. I thought he, um, you know, made shots when he had to, and his rebounding was huge. He was a sure. big, big contributor on that end. Um, a couple of other things that come to mind. Um, I just want to say, like, what a game. Like, what a great game. Yeah, and, like, I mean, great if, atmosphere. And If you're talking to a truly independent fan, as unbiased yeah. as we can possibly be, that was a really, really good basketball game between between two very, very good basketball teams. Right, and Wisconsin like didn't like muck it up and play slow either. Like no. it was, I mean, they didn't like play fast by any means. But I mean, that game there were seventy five possessions in that game, and there were seventy four in the UTEP game and seventy six in the Kansas State game. So they didn't play like absurdly slow by any means in that game. And I thought it was, it was one of those games where there. Um, uh, both teams sort of put in charges at different points. The lead was never more than six. Six was the largest lead for both teams. Um, and the atmosphere in the arena was just awesome. Yeah. Like, just... And I think we kind of figured that um, Pfizer Forum was going to be a game-changer for Marquette in that regard. But, oh my god, like, what a freaking atmosphere and crowd and just unincredible... Um, uh, arena uh, and just everyone was loud and it was oh man it was it was just it was the perfect sort of rivalry game it was it was how you c- construct a college basketball rivalry game in a lab and it was it was perfect yeah um I'm trying to think other things um oh do you want to talk about some negative stuff like about the Marquette roster a little bit how we're something something that I have been thinking about is um that I, Chartuni did play 17 minutes, but like it really feels like in the high leverage situations in these legitimate close games against good teams, Marquette's really only comfortable going with the Hauser, Sakar, Marcus, and then either Theo John or Ed Morrow, just kind of out of necessity because you need a big guy on the court. And it's, I was sort of hoping coming into the season that this roster would be. It would be a deep team where they could sort of like work guys into that and have them be able to contribute like in an alternating way. And I'm not really feeling that from Joseph Chartuni, Brendan Bailey, or Jamal Kane right now. Um, I know we're worried about Jamal Kane. Um, I we don't I like I don't like having the conversation about like I think he's going to transfer. Um, I'm a little worried though, um, and this is often after the Wisconsin game is often a time where that decision gets made just because it's naturally the end of the semester. Um, And I'm concerned that since Jamal's minutes have evaporated, um, that's one of those things that you would be like, oh, no. Because I just really want Jamal Cain to be able to contribute for this team. Um, But his role is just... It's it's evaporated. Um, He played two minutes out of two trillion, as you pointed out. Um... So that uh, is not good. Um, but I'm a little worried. Like I like I like that lineup. I like that crunch time four with the center, whoever yeah. it is. Um, but I'm a little worried because I thought that this team was going to be, um, you know, have like eight guys that could play in that situation. And I just think Bailey is green, green as hell still. Um, Chartuni, there are trust issues, and he has clear confidence issues. Um, with the ball, I mean, that one time he went to the rim yesterday was a disaster. And while it was nice that he played 17 turnover-free minutes, that was a, certainly a positive. Yeah. Um, I think he's um, he's just got some confidence issues with the ball right now. So um, it's a little... I wish, I guess, that they would have eight guys instead of six for that scenario. But um, what are you going to do, I guess? Yeah. Um, There's not a whole lot you can't do at that point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Jamal Kane. Uh, Greg Elliott. Speaking of Jamal Kane, I'd like to see Greg Elliott come back still. Um, yeah, I think at this point we're going to need him to come back. 
Um, clearly, clearly, Chartouni hasn't been the answer to the backup point guard role yet. Right. Or at least he's only shown flashes of how good It'd be he nice can. to have another body. Yeah, and having another body, especially another good defender like Greg, um, and another, you know, Greg, Greg can score if we need him to. We don't really need him to. But um, him adding all that defensive versatility and athletic ability um, to the perimeter to be Sakar's backup or to be Marcus and, like, play yeah. in that uh, – Sort of four-man platoon that they have, they will have going on in the backcourt um, with Sakar, uh, Marcus, Chartouni, and him. Mm-hmm. I think rotating all those pieces in and out will be pretty good. Um, it's uh, Joey Hauser coming along as he has already has yeah. been such a big in that way has just been such a big boost though because I mean if this team was like Sam and Marcus and like struggling to find contributions other places like. It, it, we might be six and four. Right, right exactly. They wouldn't. They wouldn't probably have a, a solid win yet. But Joey has just been so stellar, um, and Sakar stepped up against Kansas State. I thought he was fine yesterday. He wasn't great, but Sakar wasn't great yesterday. But he did everything that we expect him to in terms of um, right. He he was presenting a threat going to the rim. Whether he finished it or not, okay. He was only three of six from the line, okay. Um, but like Sakar's not a stats guy, really. No. I mean, he's a he's a guy that you throw out there for thirty six minutes, like he did yesterday, and he he makes uh, he makes the the best out of those minutes and gives you a solid contributor um, at a position that you need a solid contributor for. I mean, like against Kansas State, um, obviously that was his best game of the year, but he also played thirty nine of forty minutes in that game, and like. Yeah. That's an underrated thing that even if he's like frustrating and he has like Derek Wilson touch around the rim sometimes. Um, no, sorry, Derek Wilson. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, frustrating sometimes uh, to watch him try to score. But he's also like such a solid contributor um, in um, the ways that he manages to impact the game. So um, even if he's not having games and he's frustrating at the line um and shooting the ball like those 36 minutes are still big time and he's a great defender so um i guess do you want to sort of you know look at how this game what this game sort of means for the rest of their season um i think this win uh for those who missed it kansas state lost to tulsa yesterday yeah. So this is the best win on Marquette's resume right now because everyone was like going into the season it was like oh Kansas State like that's a top ten team or whatever they were going in and they got as high as like ten they were twelve when we played them because we, yeah. we we have now cursed the number I think 12. that I think they were ten in the other poll so technically they could be called a top ten team um, but uh, I don't think that win is going to age as well because Kansas State's in a really tough conference um, and they haven't beaten anybody yet. And now that they lost to Tulsa, I'm thinking they might be broken. Um, maybe, I mean, they, they are probably still a tournament team, but I don't think they're a top 25 team at this point. And so, and I think Wisconsin is because yeah. Wisconsin has, I mean, Ethan Happ, you said at the top of the pod, like Ethan Happ's an All-American. Like there's no doubt he is such a useful college basketball player. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think this is going to be a win that ages really well because I think Wisconsin is going to, be a solid team in the Big Ten, and um, it's good to see to have this one in the bag. And also, um, while I think part of us preseason sort of wanted this team to just come out and be competent immediately, um, I will point out that both of us picked eleven and two in the non-conference. And if they can avoid the bugaboo with Buffalo which was, ended up being a great bit of alliteration I just put together. There. That's like fantastic. Very, I'm very proud of Bugaboo <laughs> with Buffalo. Um, if, they, <laughs> uh, if they can avoid losing that game, uh, they're going to be right on. They're going to be 11-2 and two, uh, in the non-con, and that's a really satisfying non-conference. That's like a – because I think this team is, is talented enough to do well enough in the Big East to where 11-2 and two gets them in the tournament. Um that's that's a, a lot of just like, you know, assuming what eighteen games over the course of two months will look like, but I just think they're we the Big East is down, and this team is going to be really hard to beat at home at the very least. Yeah. 
Um, it might be a little more challenging for them on the road. I don't think they didn't play well at Indiana, obviously. Um, they gacked it at a neutral court on Can- against Kansas, although Kansas is obviously really good. Um, and whatever that Louisville game was. Like, that I'm was, so glad they won because yeah, that was that a game mess. was a thing. It, it, was, it, was, a, it was weird. Um, and so... I guess the the sort of X factor out there is is this going to be a team that wins maybe eight or nine of their Big East home games seven or not seven or eight of their Big East home games but only wins like three or four on the road because that's a possibility because and then obviously if they're only ten and eight in this conference it might not be the greatest that's probably like a, a high end bubble team um, but I think that's a team that makes it but it's Probably you're not totally sure on you. You think you're in, but you're not sure. That's a, that's a team that's like a prime candidate, I think. And I think for what it's worth in the Big East this year, I think that team is actually Creighton. But that's um, an interesting. But Creighton is sneaky this year. Yeah. So I think that that's a team that's sort of on the line, like Xavier was a couple years ago, where they might be the last non-buy team. Are we feeling better about um, the Big East? Um, this is sort of switching gears off of the Wisconsin game. But are we feeling better about the Big East, given Seton Hall beating uh, Kentucky yesterday, St. John's being undefeated, um, Nova, Nova not being just trash. getting the, the crap kicked out of them by Michigan and losing to Furman? That's sort of yeah. uh, um, aged a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm a lot more positive on the Big East now. I mean, DePaul deplawed it, so... Um, Against Northwestern, there's that. Uh, Providence has looked shaky. Georgetown has looked shaky. Um, so for what it's worth, actually, I hadn't noticed this yet. Uh, Ken Palm uh, adjusted their uh, its con- his conference projections. Mm-hmm. So right now, what it, what Ken Palm has is twelve and six Villanova winning the conference and eleven and seven Butler and Marquette finishing second. Yeah. Um, which actually I think is a fairly reasonable. That's, yeah, that that sounds like a likely scenario. Yeah. I think that Butler, Butler had one really weird loss early in the season mm-hmm. um, to Dayton. They, they, so they've lost to Dayton and St. Louis, which not great losses. But uh, but their home court advantage but, but is the fact they've I beaten think. Florida. Yeah, they'll probably go. I would be shocked if they don't go undefeated at home. They have a chance to beat Indiana um, next weekend on a neutral court because um, that's the Crossroads Classic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm so, legitimately scared of Seton Hall, by the way, now. Yeah, Just Seton Add that in. Miles Powell looks good. Miles Powell, Shamori Pons, and Marcus Howard have been the three most convincing player of the year candidates in the Big East so far. For sure, yeah. Um, and then, <clears throat> just in general, I mean... St. John still really hasn't played anybody, and the, the people that they've played that have looked semi-competent, I mean, VCU is... VCU and Georgia Tech are their two best wins, Georgia Tech being better. Um, I think Providence is worse than we thought. Providence is, some, yeah, is much worse than Providence we lost to UMass on Friday. Yeah, they lost to UMass. They, got, they didn't get Villanova blown out by Michigan, but they got beat by Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's really freaking good this year, though. They've, they're way better yeah. than people thought they would be because they lost a ton of talent, and they're still... Killing it, yeah. They Providence lost to Wichita State, who was projected to have a down year. Yeah. They've beaten Boston College at Boston College, and they've beaten Rhode Island at home. Rhode they're Island not, is not that good this year, though. Right? They're, no. they're a little bit down. No. Um, yeah, I, they're fine. They'll make some noise. I got some players. Um, but but I guess all that is to say, like, um, with the exception of Georgetown and DePaul, like, and I don't know about Xavier, but maybe they're they're like the team. The conference is still competent. wide open. And good, and I think probably five bids at this point. Yeah, I think I'm pretty comfortable saying the Big East is a five bid league this year, oh. um, which you weren't maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, probably. two three weeks ago after the the, the Marquette shellac. I think Lenardi, not that Lenardi's brackets mem- matter in December, yeah. but I think he had four in his bracket this week or going into this week. Yeah, and I mean like I think. No, he had five. If we're true, uh, let me guess his five. His five are Villanova, Marquette, um, Creighton, Butler, and Providence. St. John's. St. St. John's. Okay. But uh, yes, yeah. the first four were right, not Providence. Sure. Um, 
I mean, Providence is going to have to have a really good conference schedule. They, they still have a chance to pick up a decent win against Texas um, away from home on the same night that Marquette plays Buffalo. Um, so, you know, if they can beat Texas, maybe that's, that kicks yeah. them up a little bit. Um, but then, yeah, Mar- Providence is going to have to have a, a good conference schedule. And that that is a team that I think is actually better than they're playing right now, which is uncharacteristic for Ed Cooley teams. Yeah. Like, normally he's getting a lot more out of players you wouldn't think he would, and he's coaching way above his talent level. But this is a team that he finally has the talent on, and it's underperforming. That's very uncharacteristic of Ed Cooley. Yeah. Um, they should be better than they are so far, yeah. um, which is interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Going into the Big East, um, I'm not. I, again, I think Marquette. I think Marquette can win the league. Yeah, I mean, like I, the way that they're playing at home right now. They they played they played the perfect game to win yesterday. In that it wasn't a perfect game, but they just played exactly like they needed they, to. They win. were they did exactly what they needed to exactly. Um, they uh, smacked Kansas State in that abominably officiated game. Like yeah. this is gonna, it's gonna be really hard. Like they're gonna probably be, unless Nova becomes like a really good team again, they're probably entirely gonna be, possible. They're gonna be favored in every in every home game in the Big East, at least according to the Vegas lines. Probably. Right. right. No. Right. I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like their Ken Palm has them winning every game at home oh, in the Big East yeah. right now, which that would not shock. Me. Right, um, and that's but that's like in years past, like in in the buzz years, like. It was impossible to come win at the Bradley Center. Like yeah. they were going whole seasons undefeated in a great Big East, and I don't think they're um, they're not there yet. But it's like if that's happening, like if they win seven or eight home games in the Big East this year, like they're going to win five oh, or six. They're, they're going to be they're going to win five road games. Right, because they, I mean, God, I hope they win at the ball. Um, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't think they're going to suck on the road in the Big East and. So I think that it's just going to be really hard to beat them um, and the forum, and I just think that that really bodes well for them. Um, and again, like Wisconsin might be Wisconsin is Ethan Happ's the best player they're going to play all season. Um, I, I would Shamori might be I would harder. Shamori okay. might be harder to guard. Yeah. Um, but uh, like Wisconsin is besides Villanova probably the most with it team they're going to play for the rest of the season. Like, all the other teams in the Big East are, like, good, but they're not, like... Like, the what Wisconsin is good at is, like... Um, being professional is the only word I'm thinking to describe it. But, like, like, they have a game plan. They have a way they play. They have a really talented player, and they execute it really well. So they're just tough to beat for that, yeah. that regard. And in that regard. And I just don't... Like, they're going to lose, like... Three or four road games in the Big East, at least. Yeah, but like they're going to probably lose at Butler. They're going to probably lose at Villanova. St. John's is going to be a tough game to start the season. Yeah, in the they're Big going East. like they're probably going, especially to, because of how yeah. much of a wet fart their St. John's game was last year. Yeah, no kidding. Like that's going to be a really challenging game. But um, I just think like this win um, yesterday is so encouraging because you can see like this is a legitimate tough out at home. Yeah. And like twenty one and ten right now is their projected record, and like that is that's not like great or anything. That's still pretty good. But that's just like oh that that just saying that is just like this is a team that's really, um, really come on and really picked it up. And um, if you were curious, by the way, um, while I'm scrolling through here, yes, so Marquette is favored uh, to win every home game. Right. So if we win every home game in the Big East, that's that's nine wins. Um, including wins over, obviously, everybody in the conference. Um, but Marquette's favored to win on the road only against, I believe, DePaul and Providence are the only two times Marquette's favored to win on the road. Right that's now. weird. No, at Georgetown, too. Oh, at Georgetown, too? Okay. Yeah, so that's pretty wild. I think the 11-7 and record is not always, like... No. I think in Ken Palm, like, yeah. he doesn't always favor or not favor 11 to 7. Like, I think it's, like, a it's like a mathematical calculation that's separate than the individual game lines. Yeah, no, that is correct. Yeah. Um, but it's still, like... That would be amazing. Like, yeah. if they... Yeah, like... 
I don't, I don't think, and I, again, I think they'll probably lose one or two at home, and I don't think that they will only win three on the road. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that they will beat, they will be able to beat a lot of those teams on the road. But yeah, like, 11-7 and seven in the Big East. Like, think about that. Like, last season, what were they, 8-10 and 10 or 9-9? Nine and nine? They were 9-9 nine and nine in conference. 9-9, nine and nine, yeah. And I don't want to say, like, I was particularly impressed with their conference play last season. No. Like, obviously, they missed the tournament because of it. Well, also, obviously, last year, the Big East was a buzzsaw. Right. And I just think, like, there's not a team in the Big East that um, has, like, like, a confident killer like Marcus and, like, the complimentary players and just that sort of, like... The way that they played that game, like they were gonna win it, even when they got behind. Like, I I just think they're they are going to be a very tough out in the Big East this year, and that's more than they've been able to say since yeah. they've had Coach Wojo at the helm. Sure. Um, I guess I'll probably save my my conference season predictions until after our non conference is finished. Right. I want to see how they play against Buffalo because that Buffalo team is I think I, scary good. I like. I liked that game, like, initially, when I was like, oh, like, when Buffalo beat West Virginia, I was like, oh, well, they're going to actually, like, have a game in between Wisconsin and conference play. This will be good. And now I hate it. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, this game is, this is going to suck as a loss if it ends up being a loss, and it's not going to look great as a win. It's just like, oh, it's just such a, it's such a brutal game, because it's just like, way to, like, what a perfect game to, like, completely blow up our expectations for the team, like, if they go out and lose that game, and, and it's such a, Buffalo is so tough, uh, they won at St. Bonaventure, who's not a terrible, I mean, they're not great, but they're not a terrible, uh, Atlantic 10 team, although I've heard the Atlantic 10 sucks this year. Yeah, the Atlantic 10 is not having the best year but of conference. But they before. won at St. Bonaventure by... 18 yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Butler is a freaking buzzsaw, man. Buffalo. Excuse me. I did, didn't I do that a couple pods ago? Yeah, probably. Oh, God. That's so... But yeah, so they Buffalo beat, is a buzzsaw. They've saw. beaten Thank West you. Virginia. They've beaten San Francisco. They've beaten St. Bonaventure. San Francisco. Weirdly a good mid-major yeah. this year. San Francisco's 52 well, they're, and They're the ones that are doing like everything based upon advanced statistics. Now. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, so Buffalo also gets... Uh, in that week that they play Marquette, uh, so they play Marquette Friday the twenty first. They also go away to Syracuse, so they yes, could, they could right. be right either low, on the low because of I was a reading loss that, I was reading um, I think it was I was reading the uh, Barstool College Basketball writer, um, and he was saying that like next week for Buffalo or two weeks from now from Buff- for Buffalo is going to be like when we actually find out whether Buffalo is legit or not because they have to go to Syracuse and go to yeah Marquette I mean that is. Week. As much as I disagree with everything Barstool does, period. <laughs> yeah, no, I like Reeks. Can I? Can I? I can. I can. I can say I like Reeks. This is not the official stance of the. Anonymous no, it is Eagle not. Podcast. It is not the anonymous Eagle podcast is certainly divisive on Barstool. But, um, but yes, yeah, so that, that, that is the two game stretch that proves if Buffalo is legit or not. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, and I guess one more thing I want to talk about on Ken Palm before we transition to probably the last conversation we're going to have for the week, mm-hmm. um, since we're not previewing any games this right. week. Right. Um, just a funny little note. Again, I was looking through some of the Ken Palm stats, especially because Ethan Happ is like by far and away the Player of the Year leader um, for Ken Palm. Isn't it Dedrick Lawson? No, nope. did he? Did no, he take it Ethan, back? Ethan Happ is, is is well at the top. Marcus Howard. Mar- oh, I just saw that. I just clicked on it. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So Marcus Howard. He's back. Yeah, Marcus Howard's number yeah, ten. Happ took it over. That game was crazy for yeah. him. But uh, I mean, because it was Dedrick Lawson this week, but I'm sure like Hap's efficiency rating for. To be fair, within the conversation is two of the three Duke freshmen: um, Carson Edwards, Grant Williams, uh, Bull Bull, Jared Colville. Shout out Bull Bull, uh, and then uh, Iggy from Michigan. So like, there's there's a lot of competition in there, but um, it's nice to see Marcus getting the uh, the recognition. Yes, um, and I think he deserves it, even though um, you know he was very volume based yesterday. I yeah. still think like he's a he's like having a player like him is just so invaluable, and I think he'll probably be around next year. Um, that's a conversation we don't need to get into yet. Nope. But um, I, my thought is his draft prospects are not superb at the moment, uh, so he'll probably be around and just. But when he's gone, Marquette is going to miss him just because. Like the way he's been playing in these big games, um, obviously he struggled a little bit in in Brooklyn, but yeah, um, just 
the confidence he has is fantastic. Sure. Um, anything else you want to so say? The, I mean, the last one was just be what's sort of on, as I've been scrolling through Marquette's Twitter today, um, is if we're going to be ranked next week. Um, uh, it's tough. Um, we looked this up before we started recording. Um because it made sense that we might be just based on we beat a ranked team and we're three spots out. Um, but there's not a lot of teams that lost. Yeah. And the teams that lost were largely at sort of the top of the... Yeah, so, I mean, obviously Wisconsin's not going to drop out of the poll for losing to us. Um, I think so Kansas State lost to uh, Tulsa. They'll probably Kansas out. State should fall out. I mean, um, I, think, I think losing to Tulsa, like losing to us was like, okay, are they good? Um, but that's a pretty, like, they're not a top 25 team if you lose to Tulsa. And it wasn't it like 47 to 46 or something? It was some awful game. Yeah. Um, so Iowa, I believe, Iowa lost to Wisconsin and Michigan State in the Big Ten. Lost to Wisconsin pretty close, lost to Michigan State pretty convincingly away, but then came back and beat Iowa State. Um, I have a hard time seeing Iowa drop from 18 all the way out on the back of losses to those mm-hmm. two teams. Um, because I well Iowa was in the the rankings even I believe uh, after the Wisconsin loss and I don't think they'll get penalized too much for the Michigan State loss. Um, Arizona State lost to Nevada, but it was close. Um, I don't believe Ohio State suffered any bad losses. Um, yeah, Ohio State's lost to Syracuse, but as two and in conference, they'll stay in. Um, Villanova will stay in. Mississippi State will stay in. Um, Maryland is a question mark. So Maryland lost to Purdue, who's above Marquette in receiving votes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, w- it would be nice to be ranked. I think that they probably deserve it. I think that they're probably one of the yeah. best 25 teams in the country right now, just based on how well they're playing. Um, sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean... So, and then, um, I think the only other team that could potentially fall out is, uh, right now, Nebraska. So Nebraska beat Illinois convincingly. Nebraska's look pretty good, though. Yeah. But I'm very impressed by them. Yeah. Um, shout out Isaac Copeland, Georgetown transfer playing for them as is well. Is he really? Yep. Oh, wow. Um, Minnesota. So they lost I didn't to Minnesota. Like they lost, lost like to Georgetown Minnesota at, at Minnesota, but then came back and whomped Creighton. Absolutely. Wait, dis- Nebraska crushed Creighton? 94 to 75. Ooh, Nebraska's tough, man. Yeah, so I, I, have hard, I would think that there's probably... At least one team's gonna fall out in Kansas State. Um, Purdue, Purdue uh, beat yeah um, Maryland. Maryland, so they might swap yeah. spots. So, so I th- yeah, I think Can- Purdue will go up in the rankings. Um, Marquette and Syracuse and Marquette were then the next two, um, followed by Iowa State. So I don't think Iowa State will make it because of the loss to Iowa. Syracuse beat Georgetown by one. So it, um, if another team does drop out, it'll be one of Syracuse or Marquette. Popping into the top ten, twenty-five, mm-hmm. but I think right now I'm I'm going to just go ahead and predict that we are not ranked this week. Yeah, you know who knows. I think it'd be nice if people like were like, "Oh, that Marquette team, that was a great win. Let's move them up." But it doesn't. Again, yeah, it's you know poll analysis is poll analysis. Yeah, it doesn't. I, um, I, I I just don't see who's going to fall out for us to move in. I don't see us. I mean, like short of. Maybe us knocking Furman out, or maybe us knocking. Dude, Maryland Furman. Up. God love Furman. Like. Yeah. They're, what did I say, 114 in Ken Palm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 114 in Ken Palm ranked. Like, eh, I know they're 10-0, but let's pump the brakes a little bit. I know they beat Villanova, but chill out, guys. Um, well, I guess we will close with that game was amazing yesterday, and that was one of, like, my favorite Marquette fan experiences I've had in a while. Yeah. I just, like... If I could bottle that feeling, I would yeah. never, like, I would just drink that feeling and the, never be yes. sad again. There you go. Like, the arena was just great, and I just... Um, the game was great. It was probably objectively, like, the best neutral Marquette-Wisconsin game I can remember in a while. Um, because, again, like we said, Wisconsin didn't really muck it up and yeah. play super uber slow, and it was in this... I know it went to overtime, but it was in the 60s in regulation, which is fine. It isn't always. Yeah. In the I still rivalry. remember the I still remember the rock fight during the Carlino year where it was like 41 yeah, to I mean, 32 like, or something. That the was, that was what, historic Marquette scores are are Marquette Wisconsin scores are not great. Um, 2015 was 49-38. That's Gross. the game you're referring to. Yeah. And then the Henry Ellenson year was, was similarly low, 57-55. So like yeah. like it's I, I thought it was a, a aesthetically a good game as well as just 
an amazing result and an amazing atmosphere and feeling and um, really happy uh, all the way around. Um, but yeah, it's uh, time to uh, you know give them their sort of December break. Got to focus on that Butler game. Or Butler, I did it again. Buffalo game. We are up to Pat making that mistake three times on the uh, podcast. Just, I don't know why I keep doing that. Buffalo. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we'll uh, be on to conference play. But I just think like... Um, if they can get over that final Buffalo hurdle. Um, and not stumble to any weird teams. Yeah, uh, that's, well, I mean, come on. Like, I guess they played Presbyterian close for 30 minutes. And so we have to close. That's right. Gosh, so. I guess we have to think about that. Um, but um, If they hold serve and then play Buff- and beat Buffalo, yeah, there's and, a lot of optimism. And it's mission accomplished, really. Yeah. It's like that's exactly what like everyone was saying they had to do and what everyone was predicting they would do coming into the coming into the non-conference season and if they can get that done I mean that's just like it's a success and this team is on its way um to sort of fulfilling its potential which is just so encouraging on so many levels um anything else you want to say Nope, that's it. I think uh, because we won't have anything to talk about next week, we may be yes. potentially, potentially maybe doing some mailbag stuff. Yes, potentially maybe uh, sending out a bat signal for some mailbag questions. Uh, keep your eyes open for that. Um, and, yeah, uh, God, what a game, what a win. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys next week.